Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. The show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desks. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at aspirus.co, A-S-P-I-R-U-S dot C-O, and linkshus.com, where you can sell your products everywhere. Hi, Sunita. Good morning, Bernard. How are you doing? Very, very well. How are you doing? I'm actually in your office now, very early morning, Spotify HQ in Singapore, right? Asia HQ. And I'm talking to Sunita Cole the Managing Director for Spotify in Asia. So, Sunina, I have a conversation beforehand and you look through your LinkedIn profile and you have been involved in the digital media space. So, tell, tell me how do you get started in the space? Because I know you started from print media to digital media. Well, I think for me it's been a really interesting journey. I've been doing this for 20 years now and as you rightly said, I started in print media and did that for for 10 years. But then back in in 2005, out here in Asia, what we were seeing was, you know, digital editions of of magazines and newspapers really, really kind of growing and and getting more subscribers and getting more users. And I was on on the print side of the business. I thought, if I don't learn about this internet thing, I'm gonna be obsolete in, in 10 years. So for me, it was a conscious decision to move into the digital world. So what I did was I actually uh, left my print job and held out for six months for, for a digital job. And you went to a couple of interesting places. I see that you went to Forbes, Microsoft, and Facebook. So working in the digital space, coming from a print background, how do these experiences kind of shape you now as a leader in the digital space? The one thing that I have to say is it was, it was the best thing that I ever did. Um, both for myself and for and for my career, you know, how, uh, making that move into not just the digital realm, but it was also my first taste of of startups, because when I was in in the print world, I worked for, for very very large organizations, but when I joined Forbes, I was one of two people, and so that was also my first foray into into the whole startup world and, and what it what it takes to to talk about a new product and, and educate a continent and build offices and hire people. And it's, you know, it's through the successes and the failures that I've that I've learned so much in the next ten in the last ten years. And then how do you end up joining Spotify and started doing the its expansion for Asia then? So I joined Spotify back in May of twenty thirteen. And it was, it was a very natural move for me because I was at, at Facebook. I you know, it was just coming up to, to three years. When I joined Facebook, we were a tiny little startup that no one really knew about. And by the time I left, it was just this amazing company that, that it is now. So I was looking for a new adventure. And Spotify was already Facebook's music partner. Uh-huh. Yes. So, so out, even out here in Asia, we were very across Spotify. And so when I made the move, it made sense for me to move to Spotify. And also I went with the blessing of, of Facebook. So that was great. Wow. Just to get started, because we are going to talk about Spotify today in Asia. For an introduction, I would say Spotify is founded in Stockholm by Daniel Egg and Martin Lorenzen and expanded to the US and Asia. It's actually started from Europe. I think in Sweden, there is... Now seven unicorns or anything that has a valuation more than one billion. So it has raised about 
1.1 billion from investors, founders fund, Kleiner Perkins, DST, Exo, and even Goldman Sachs. But I guess more important to know what Spotify is to the normal user. Can you give me a brief introduction to Spotify and what is its mission? My absolute pleasure. So when you think about Spotify, you know, you think about music and you think about tech. And music is a very personal experience. So what you will get with Spotify is on your phone or your desktop or your tablet, any device, one touch of a button and you're exposed to over 30 million songs. And we add 20,000 songs to our catalog every single day. So what you have is just this whole new experience of either discovering new music or looking for music that maybe reminded you of your childhood or, or a certain time in your life. And I mean, a, a, apart from that, it's just everything around, say for example, our partnerships, how we're growing, how we're putting music in, in more people's ears today is, is truly a very, very exciting thing. And it's a very exciting time to be doing what we're doing. I remember when I, Spotify, I first used Spotify in the US, I was just accessing it on a mobile phone. And I, nowadays, I think you can access even on a desktop, a laptop, or even tablets. I mean, there are different ways of even reaching Spotify. What are the specific challenges for Spotify as a company to expand in Asia? This is a very common thing among a lot of companies that come from the US and try to expand. What are the major challenges do you deal with, particularly, for example, dealing with, say, music piracy in, these, in Asia markets, which is very prevalent? You really hit the, the nail on, on the head with that one. It is very much music piracy. That's always our biggest competitor of sorts when we go into any market. And what we're doing is, it's still an, an education process. So it's very easy to tell someone, you know, don't, don't pirate music. Don't sit at your laptop and use BitTorrent. Here you go. Here's an alternative that's also free and quicker and safe and legal. So that's very much been our story. But the really exciting thing that's happened very recently is, you know, being in Singapore for like two and a half years, we always say, you know, we, we come to work every day and, and you know, we're shouting out this, this story from mountaintops. But a few months ago, the IFPI, which is essentially the music board in Singapore, put out a report, which they do every year. But what this report showed was for the first time in four years, digital music revenue increased. Oh, that's interesting. It increased for the first time and they quoted the fact that it came, it was coming from, from streaming and mm. from Spotify. Interesting. So in the US, as a consumer myself, I prefer to download and purchase music. I purchase music from iTunes. In the US, what's happening now, I think streaming has overtaken downloads. I think this is, this is a very common trend. Correct. Are you actually in one of the specific challenges in this market, are you seeing the same thing happening as well, as you rightfully put it about the report that you mentioned previously? So what we're actually seeing right now, it's we still have piracy to, to contain. So downloading isn't something that uh, we're watching at the moment. We're mm. still very focused on, mm. on piracy. But what about consumer usage then? Is consumer usage more focused towards streaming, for example? That means you may have a certain age like if you are a teenager or the millennials, you prefer to use streaming. Like for example, someone like myself, which is the above 40, actually would prefer maybe just purchasing music as per normal. So we've seen a couple of, of different uh, trends. 
I think firstly with the millennials, definitely. I mean, there with with any piece of of technology, it's always them that kind of leads the way. But what has been interesting in terms of the amount of time spent on Spotify has been truly phenomenal. Out here in Asia, we're seeing 160 minutes a day. So that's over two hours wow. being spent on, on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, just anecdotally, and, and we do this a lot, you know, we speak to lots of, you know, partners and brands and music fans. Vinyls are really coming back, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and what we actually see is lots of people, regardless of, of the age, and, you know, you and I fall in that same, you know, amazing mm-hmm. baby boomers bracket. A lot of testing is done on Spotify. So, you know, there's so much music that that you can consume. And then someone may have a certain, you know, affiliation to a a band that they've discovered or or, or a band that that Mm. they remember from the past. And then, you know, we'll go out and and buy the vinyl just because we're still still tactile. It's kind of nice to have something to touch and feel. So it kind of becomes a discovery engine for the user to be able to, if they want it, they can actually buy it as well at the same time. Absolutely. So we're seeing that happen more and more. And I guess Asia is a mobile first world. I mean, you and I probably every day we see everybody holding a mobile phone. In fact, it's more phablet centric. Are there any efforts in terms of trying to focus more the mobile experience for users, particularly for Spotify coming into the Asia market? That's a great question. That is definitely something that's on our minds. A few things that we've been working on to to build for, for the mobile has really come to the forefront this year. And I think one thing that we talk about internally, especially in in Asia, you know, we're going from being a mobile first to a mobile only. And we actually see in some countries that, you know, that we launch in, like, for example, the Philippines, the amount of usage that we get from the mobile streams far outweighs desktop, far, far outweighs desktop. Which means they have even leapfrogged beyond the desktop way beyond desktop. Mm. In most other countries, it's maybe like a 50-50 or, or, a, or a 60-40. In the Philippines, we're seeing 80-20. Wow. So it's very, very much a, a mobile first uh, or maybe even a mobile only country. Mm. But I think one of the most fun things that we've built for the mobile, uh, which is getting huge traction around the world, is Spotify running. Mm. What was that? So what happens is it is literally a running experience within Spotify and fundamentally what we've done is we've taken something old and we've made it new so it's not too far from a normal behavior and this is what I mean by that runners all of us wake up in the morning put on our sneakers stick in our headphones and what we were noticing was people were looking for running playlists on the Spotify experience so we took that experience we took that moment as we call it and we took it out of Spotify into an individual experience. So what happens now? Sneakers, earphones, you, you tap on Spotify running and you choose your genre and you run. And what happens is Spotify serves you music based on your beats per minute. So the music actually incentivizes you to exercise more, to focus running basically absolutely and this is i think one of the fun anecdotes that our fun pieces of feedback we've been hearing from everybody that's been using spotify running Mm -hmm. it has become man versus machine because what happens is when you slow down the music slows down with you so everyone's pushing themselves to to run faster Mm -hmm. so that they don't (laughs) that the music doesn't slow down so one thing i wanted to know is what are the user numbers like across asia pacific 
for Spotify as a whole? So what, what we do at Spotify is we're still looking at our numbers as a whole. Yeah. So we've got 75 million users globally, we've got 20 million subscribers, and that is growing at a pretty healthy rate. And so when we look at Asia Pacific, you know, we're in, uh, we're in five countries now, well, seven for the whole of Asia Pacific, including Australia and New Zealand. We're also in Singapore, Malaysia, Philippines, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. That grows. So what we do is we set milestones for us instead of carving out an, an Asia Pacific number. One thing that we've actually seen, which pleased us to no extent, was the Philippines. It's our, it's our youngest market in APAC. We launched in uh, April of 2014 and uh, it's the second fastest growing country for Spotify in the world. So the Philippines really put Asia on the map for Spotify. I understand that you have not been in Indonesia yet, right? Not yet. Yeah, I, I guess that number might change. <laughs> Because I've I've seen I've I've seen this I've heard this growth story somewhere, but never mind. <laughs> I guess one of the things like because you have expanded in Hong Kong and Japan and they have their own music. I could speak Cantonese, so I know that in Hong Kong people listen to Canto pop, or in Japan people listen to Japanese music. How much effort is it for Spotify to localize the music for that particular country itself? And is there a lot of challenge in terms of acquisition of the content? itself so personalization and localization mm -hmm. is very very close to our hearts when we um, you know when we were working on our launch plan for, for Asia launching in Hong Kong and Taiwan came very high up on the priority list because Mandel pop and Kanto pop are not just huge in Asia they're huge all over the world and when you think about Spotify, when you think about a music platform, it's, it's not just about launching in a country, but it's about taking that country's music and exporting it to the rest of the world. When we talk about our favorite, Jay Chow, yep. right? With Jay, I mean, he's got quite a substantial following and we're seeing streams coming up from the US and Canada. For him. And this list just goes on and on and on. We just uh, did a wonderful exclusive with the Sam Willows, mm -hmm. our homegrown, true blue Singaporean uh, artist. I see. Again, that was just last Friday. And pushing it out to the world, we're seeing streams from Brazil and Sweden. So when we hear stories like that, it just, you know, it makes it all worthwhile and it gets us really excited. So that comes to my next question then. What's the value proposition for Spotify to attract artists and how do Spotify convey that opportunity for them? I mean, it's to help them to do discovery. I mean, the local bands would be great using Spotify as a channel to get themselves discovered and subsequently known. So the value proposition is really looking at their entire career as a business, right? Mm. And the value proposition is, you know, we now live in a world of extreme data or big data as everyone refers to it. So when we're working with an artist, putting their music on, on Spotify is, is great for the local fans. It's great for the whole world to discover them. But then we've got other things like our artist dashboard. So the artist dashboard is, is set up and that particular artist is plugged right into the Spotify world so they can see what their streaming pattern for the whole world looks like. What this enables them to do is when they're planning tours, because let's, you know, 
be honest, mm. that's where you know touring and ticket sales and merchandise is really where a bulk of the revenue sort of comes from. And that's when sort of the artist dashboard and the data that Spotify provides them really helps them to carve out mm. their their business. So because it's mobile, there's also social, right? So yes. so the artist is also able to integrate or connect to his social media assets as well. So to know as exactly who are following and which country should they target in terms of the touring. Is that is that how this artist dashboard helped them to get that? It's that and a lot more. Mm. So they can actually see their streams, even down to sort of age and, and gender. So they kind of get a better idea of what their fans may look like. Oh, mm. wow. So that comes to a very interesting point that I like to ask. So recently in the US, the podcasting phenomenon is growing. I think in the last two years, it has created 80% of the total traffic as compared to the last eight years before that. And Spotify has opened its service in that market. So particularly for a podcaster in Asia, uh, I speak for myself, <laughs> how do we actually get featured on Spotify? Because I, I've been researching that process quite a lot. So I'm trying to work out how to do it. I'm totally with you on that. I am a huge fan of, of podcasts. And that for us in Asia is very much a, a watch this space. So, you know, with everything that, that Spotify is doing, you know, when you think of this amazing platform that's growing so quickly, that's so easily accessible, you've got, you know, the, the world of music and in due time there will be podcasts and, and other forms of, of entertainment coming on board. And that's something that we're, we're rolling out over the world, so it will arrive on our shores mm. soon. So part of this conversation is also to get your sense on the trends in digital media. There's a lot of talk about the paywall and recently Apple putting up the content app blocking and when sound is not blocked, unfortunately, it's difficult. So maybe sound may be becoming much more interesting. What are the kind of major trends you observe in the space of digital media? And is there a shift towards native advertising also in the same at the same point that how younger people are actually consuming music, preferring streaming to ownership of that music itself. Very much on the topic of access versus ownership. Mm. That's where our world today is, is going. And that's also very much what we've, what we've built for. Because when you think of the amount of content that you can access with, with a subscription, right? I mean, you know, we go back to... Say for example, in, in, in Singapore, it's uh, Spotify is, is you know nine ninety a month, mm. thirty million songs. That used to be one CD, mm. right? Uh, so that's something that a lot of, of tech companies, whether you think of you know Netflix or iFlix or Hooked, even all the video streaming guys, are are working towards, because that's what this world is is looking for now. That's what everybody's demanding. So you see that it's going to be a subscription, but eat all you can model. Absolutely. It's a buffet. Yeah. Mm. If that's the case, do you see subscription in content change as well? I mean, print media has this challenge of converting its users to purchase content. I think you, you've been informed, yes. so you know the problem. Yes. But somehow music has sort of bypassed it. Is it because of the difference in the medium itself? The media type? Yeah, I think you're right. I think with, with, with music, because it's people are you know a lot more open to sort of discovering new music and listening to all sorts of things. But when it comes to 
to print. I think people are quite sure about what they want to read. And so gated content, and, and this is something that we're also seeing, in, and I guess for me, I speak from a consumer point mm. um, of view, there is a huge demand for, for content, but for good content, I will pay because it's just, it's great reading, it's great information, and I add it to, to my life and my learning. So absolutely, but it's got to be great content. So I have one pen ultimate question. I understand you also serve on the board. So I think one of the things probably of what I'd like to talk about is women in leadership roles. How do you share your experience as a board member to a company? So I, yeah, I'm happy to talk about your experience on that and maybe share some advice for women out there or aspiring women leaders out there. So for me, this is always something that I, I like talking about, but I don't really see gender. I don't think that gender should stand in the way of your career. I never, I never have. Uh, when I was both at Microsoft and, and Facebook, I was part of the women's leadership team and that was really, you know, to, to help young women grow and, and really carve out their own, own careers. And that was a great start. But now as I guess I'm a little bit older as well, I look at it more as, as the youth. So a lot of the things that I do now, including at Spotify, is just coaching in general and not just women, but anybody who is looking to learn and, and looking to grow. And that's really the, the Spotify um, uh, way as well. We don't, we don't have a particular uh, gender focus. For us, it's more a, uh, a youth focus. So that comes to my last question. Sunita, how do my audience find you? <laughs> well, you can find me on uh, on Spotify for sure. Yeah. You know, there's lots and lots of playlists that I've kind of created and, and have out there. But the other the other way to find me really is 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 on LinkedIn. Big fan and always on it. <laughs> okay. You can find me at bernardleong.com or at bleongcw or subscribe to us at Analyze Asia on Twitter, A-N-A-L-Y-S-E Asia. Or you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and we just added to ACAST as well. Please leave a review. One star to five star, we always look for feedback. Once again, Sunita, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you.